Today's podcast is brought to you by Blue Canary. The bird has landed on beautiful Bainbridge Island, conveniently located at 499 Madison Avenue. ASE Master Technician Clint Ramsey brings over 15 years of experience, award-winning diagnostic skill, and a desire to reinvent the automotive repair experience. Schedule an appointment online at bluecanary.biz or call them today at 206-451-4220. I got something for your mind, body, and soul. Podcastville. Happy generic time of day to you. I am your host, Tiny Tim, the King of Casual, aka Mr. Rogers of your neighborhood. I want to give a shout out to Blue Canary and their new location in Bremerton for sponsoring the show, Sound Reaper Graphics and Tideland Magazine. Today, my guest is in the BPA Comedy Competition, Best of Seattle International Comedy Competition. Little uh, 206 legend, Aaron Engel. Aaron, how are you doing today? Hello. Hello. I'm well. I'm, uh, I'm rounding out my work day. Uh, happy to chat with you. And then I'm heading off to uh, sit in on a comedy class. So a little, yeah. little stand-up class. It's their second to last lesson uh, slash get dress rehearsal for their big showcase. So you you know the process well, I'm sure. I'm trying to. Trying to understand <laughs> it. Trying to be funny without offending people sure let's start right there real quick um Mm -hmm. has the woke crowd kind of changed the way you deliver your comedy in any fashion are you more conscious of not offending certain groups and such i would say if anything i'd i'd i roll i'd roll i'd rather roll with the woke crowd you know i've never really leaned towards uh offensive um as far as as far as i would consider things you know i I think the the easiest way to live your life as a comedian is to joke about what you know. And, you know, a lot of people want to explore these topics, especially like identities and whatnot that uh, that they're not familiar with. You know, like I, I as a white comic uh, and a, I, I don't feel like I can speak to the a black person's experience or an Asian's experience in, in this country. So I kind of just try to talk about what I know. And uh, I don't think, I think there's no real, no real reason for me to tread on anybody or hurt any feelings necessarily. I think I've definitely offended people, but uh, more so about, you know, my experience with uh, religion and, 
uh, where I, you know, where I land on the, that spectrum. I've, I've had, that's the only time I've really had people come up to me after the show and say that, uh, I, that I was not for them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, at least they stay stuck around long enough to tell you. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> we'll definitely have to get into religion. That's a very divisive topic. I love, Absolutely. I love going down the 50, 50 line. Mm-hmm. Um, you referred to, I, I read a great article on the stranger and some other, um, periodicals and such that call you a feminist comic. What does that exactly mean to you? I guess I'm just, I am a feminist as a person, meaning I believe in equal rights. And I think that, you know, women should have access to the things that men do and uh, have, you know, have the same rights in our society and uh, the same respect and responsibility. So living that living that way I, I think the way that, that translates to my comedy is a lot of like sarcasm about um about tropes about women you know there's uh been we've got 50 plus years of stand-up comedy with and we come away with the jokes uh you know those old old hat jokes like you know women be shopping or you know uh, these all women are this way, all men are this way. And I like to, uh, I like to shake that up whenever I can to kind of at least bring a, bring a new, what I think is at least my personal perspective or try to try to tease out where those, uh, where some prejudices might be coming from um, and laugh at that, you know, laugh at the idea that somebody, somebody would think, you know, that, uh, women are this way and men are this way and, and what have you. So I like, I like to have a little fun with that. And as far as feminism in comedy as well, you know, I guess that means that some of my topics go along with like my experience as a woman. And when I, you know, I, I try to make light of uh, times I've been, you know, like harassed on the street and, you know, tell a, tell a kind of a funny story and, uh, roast the person that did it and uh, give a, a pretty silly, you know, silly advice for how to con- counter those types of experiences. And I talk about body, you know, our bodies and body autonomy and all that, that's, uh, you know, can, can be offensive to some people, I suppose. Um, but, you know, I feel like those are the, that's the only, that's the only water that I, uh, that I swim in that, I think becomes a bit divisive to folks really. So do you do much crowd work? Love to. Yeah. I love to chat with the crowd. Depends you on the day. trouble with that. Um, he, I guess I've, I've had, you know, I've had it not go how I wanted to. <laughs> um, I, uh, I think it depends on the room a lot and, and what other comics you're working with too, and where you land in the show. I think a lot of that can color how, how crowd work is going to go. And, um, and you know, some, some, I was just had a, I did a really fun weekend out in Lake Chelan and it was like a, it was a lady, it was a girl, a ladies weekend getaway, like the little mini festival, you know, it was for lots of, um, the, the, the crowd I've never performed for that for like an ex- almost exclusively female crowd like that. It was bizarre and wonderful in its own way. And the first night the crowd was so like, so hammered on wine that, any like crowd work went immediately off the rails because it was a, 
people would just would talk and talk and talk. They like the the expectation that I was going to finish the thought as I was the one with the microphone on the stage was like out the window. Cause you know, if you, if you have really drunk audience members, sometimes they like go off on their own tangent, they stop paying attention. They're kind of like you, the, you lose, you lose like the authority in the, in the room if somebody runs away with it like that and you can, you know, you can try to cut back in or what have you, but it's not always the, it's sometimes it spins out of control. <laughs> so that's how I've gotten in trouble, I suppose. Was it like a drunk book club going on there? Or was it uh, more of a corporate thing where people got disinterested and they were just there for the retreat type situation? Oh, no. They, I mean, they were there. They were there for this whole, like, it was like a party experience. You know, there was like wine tasting and activities and the comedy show, like, capped, capped things off both nights. Uh, and uh, so, you know, everybody, everybody was there ostensibly for that part of it as well. They got tickets for it and everything that uh, they, I, my theory is just that they were drinking wine for like six hours. And by the time they got to the comedy show, they were three sheets to the wind and not able to focus anymore. But where does the three sheets from the wind come from? Where's that saying from? Great question. Probably pirates, I assume. Oh, I don't know. Three sheets yeah, up. That, that's, hammer. A, that's a good one right there. Wild guess. I like that guess. I'm going to look it up after we get done talking. Yeah. Um, you've been doing comedy 10, 12 years. How long? Yeah. About uh, working on 10. Yeah. Uh, what, what made you step up in the very first time? Well, I think I'd always just, uh, I mean, I, I've always wished I was a musician, honestly. I, I uh, that would have been my, my dream in high school would be to like be, to be in a band or something, but I never got good at anything and I couldn't focus on, uh, on, uh, on any instrument, but I've always written, I've always been a writer, you know, and I used to write, um, I used to write, uh, like kind of funny poems, like funny slam poetry. Uh, and that was a very dorky era. Uh, and, uh, and then between that, and then I used to do, I would do like improv comedy, in um, in high school and in college, and at the time, the idea of doing stand up by myself and like you know, the difference between improv where you're kind of like set up for success because everyone's just excited that you're making stuff up and and it's mm-hmm. there's great energy and you're taking stuff from the crowd and you're working with the team and um, the idea of doing stand up where you kind of just like put what you've written out there and stand there and wait for people to laugh. And if they don't, it's like a living nightmare <laughs> that I had no interest in doing that until I moved up to Seattle. And um, I was just like, it's like, do I want to try to do improv? All these improv, like the only way to do improv is to take a class for like $500. And I was like, but I already know what I'm doing. Why would I take a class? And it's like, well, I guess maybe I'll try it. You know, maybe the team sport, maybe I'm out on the team sport and want to try doing solo. And so I wrote you know, wrote three minutes worth of jokes on some note cards. Index and, cards. Yep. <laughs> definitely straight up. Did you put your, gla- put it on the stool and then the glass on top? Cause when I went to uh, my class, I was telling you about earlier before we got on air, that was a trick where you put the index card on the stool when you came out mm-hmm. and you set your water on top of it. And then yeah. if it ever came a, a lull or you forgot something or where your place was mm-hmm. you casually walk over there, take a quick drink of water look down right. at your index card and tell the next joke. I'm trying to remember what I did with them on the first night. Cause I know that I, I nervously rehearsed, you know, that's the, the weird thing about comedies. It's, it's hard to, hard to rehearse 
without being in front of a crowd, you know? So I did it like I was, like I was getting ready to give my science fair speech or something and ran through (laughs) my cards. I had a, what I had was I had a joke on each card, like Laffy Taffy style. So I had my first show, you know, they're original jokes, not then weren't street jokes as we call them, the, you know, reused ones, but I had my few jokes and I, uh, and I would just go through them and I was trying desperately to like, make sure I had the right order as though it mattered, <laughs> which it didn't at all, but, uh, ran through them. And I, I am like really trying to remember it. I know I ha- must've had them on my person when I did my first open mic, but I don't think I read from them. I think I, I thought it would be inappropriate or like, I would look, you know, I would look too new if I read from my note cards. So, um, yeah, but that, that's a, that's a classic trick. I still, you know, sometimes I'll do that if I'm doing a really long set or something and, uh, have something I want to make sure I include leaving some, leaving a little note on the stool. Classic, great trick. Uh, a lot of people write on their hands too, but I feel like it's just <laughs> like, it's like, you can still tell. So you might as well have a piece of paper when you see, yeah, when I see yeah. people look, looking at their hands or their like wrist notes or what have you, I'm like, you might as well just have a piece of paper. <laughs> well, the lights are hot and you get all sweaty. <laughs> not going to stay. You're not going to read that. Yeah. Hey, um, so tried an open mic, fell in love, loved the feeling of it and um, kind of like toyed with it for a little while and then really, uh, really decided I wanted to go after it and, um, and you know, kind of rearrange my life a little bit to, to make it happen. You remember any of the jokes from the first time? I do. I absolutely do. Uh, the one of them was um, the people. People like to say that a, a sneeze is like a small percentage of an orgasm, uh, but pollen has never made me come, and I would never let anybody sneeze on my face. Hopefully, I don't know if this is a family-friendly podcast. That might have to get cut. <laughs> Not anymore. It's all right. <laughs> no, you can you can say what you want. It's a free world nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, what what made you become interested in being a part-time club owner? Didn't you own a club up on Broadway for a little bit with other comedians? Uh, no, that was essentially a, a grueling volunteer gig. Was what that uh, was. Um, we had kind of like a little collaborative crew of folks that would, um, that would run this, uh, four nights a week of comedy in the bar in the back of a Thai restaurant at Jai Thai in Capitol Hill. Oh, Jai Thai, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and. What years was that? uh, I was, I was producing shows there, uh, from maybe 2015 to 2020 or thereabouts. And are Uh, they still doing comedy? They are. Yeah. There's some folks that are doing a few nights a week. I, I think at least Friday and Saturday, maybe a, maybe a Tuesday night open mic as well. Um, I just, I was there for a little weekend, um, a Friday night, Friday night open mic. Uh, but, uh, I'm not sure what they're doing on weekdays so much anymore. I'm, I moved down to Tacoma in 2020 as well. And so I do not hit as many of the Seattle open mics, uh, time to sell out the EQC there. <laughs> yeah if uh if keith sweat can't do it it's got to be me uh, yeah you got to go uh be opener for uh joe coy he always there sells that place out i'd be to tell give me the email of who i gotta write to and i'll i'll hit him up <laughs> do you know uh todd royce at all uh, i know the name but i don't think i know todd okay he's a uh golden ticket winner on kill tony that lives out there oh okay the- <laughs> Tacoma um, Comedy Store. Um, 
shout out to you. <laughs> Jai Thai, for the listeners out there, is a, a Thai restaurant on Broadway on Capitol Hill. Mm-hmm. Is it on the corner? Is it on a corner? It's, it's on the corner of uh, Broadway and Thomas. Yeah. And you go in there and there's a gum, gumball machine or a candy machine. It's like 80 years old and so is the candy inside of it. And there seems to be some... Yeah, I, I was there a couple of weeks ago, I thought. And there was like peanut <laughs> remnants. Oh, okay. That must, yeah, must be up in the front in there. Yeah. yeah the, and then I'm it looking. seemed like there was a lot of uh, of their stuff kind of stacked around the booth I was sitting at. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has been a hitter for comedians. I mean, Adam oh. Ray from um, Mad TV started mm-hmm. out there. Hans Kim from Kill Tony. Mm-hmm. Uh, your boy uh, Bo, I believe, has been out there. Bo Johnson. Bo was one of the producers as well, the same time as me. Uh, was Chris ever there, out there? Chris Mejia. Um, Chris would help out with some like various shows, but he wasn't on the like uh, production team. Yeah, uh, and but, all of yeah. you have done quite well. There's you know, yeah, funny people. Very magical little place. It's you know a grimy. <laughs> it's grimy. The yeah. bathrooms are often broken and. Uh, and, uh, you know, yeah, there's the, but over the years, you know, over the years, their management has the, the restaurant management has like shifted and changed, you know, and, and been all over the place as far as what they're up to, but they kind of just let this comedy stuff happen, you know, with this, we had a screaming deal where we would like get to, you know, basically fill up the room. They would, mm-hmm. they would sell food and drinks and we would just make the comedy happen and, you know, sometimes that was like a three hour open mic where there were six laughs. And sometimes there were amazing shows with, you know, with crazy like touring acts like Laurie Kilmartin or, you know, uh, very like focus, you know, household namey type comics. So mm-hmm. um, very, very cool place in Seattle over the years. Um, a touchstone for for up and comers sort of. Yeah. I mean, how many clubs are left? You know, in, uh, in downtown Seattle. I mean, the comedy underground's gone. Um, comedy on Broadway is gone. That's uh, that's dry tie. Uh, oh, that's what they're calling it. Because there, yeah. there was a place on the other side of Broadway as well that had comedy. I thought that was uh, comedy. Not on that I know of. The yeah, the dry tie used to be punchline comedy shows, um, and then turned in. The, then the, all of those same things. The, the team behind them sort of shifted like there was a you know some folks moved on to do other stuff and the younger kids came up and took it over and that and then it became comedy on broadway um and then uh but that was just always chai chai and then there's uh and one of the folks that used to be the like executive producer as it were for punchline comedy shows for chai chai is a guy named rick taylor and he has opened up his own club in Capitol Hill as well. It's called club comedy. So brand, brand new comedy club for, to, to hopefully fill that void. Um, yeah. RIP comedy underground. Uh, the, the parlor used to have a location in Bellevue and then briefly had one downtown Seattle that did not last very long, but the, the Bellevue one stuck it out for a little, a little longer, but now that's no longer, there's no longer comedy there. It's just a billiards bar basically. Uh, and then there's laughs comedy club that was in Kirkland and now is in the university district by, by UW in Seattle. Uh, and, uh, and then, yeah, a couple, lots of just independent shows, um, that, that go on in town. That's kind of what, that's the bread and butter for 
for comics in the area is a self-produced or, you know, other people's cool little one-off shows at random bars and theaters. And, and then the cool, the coolest other new thing besides club comedy is that the crocodile has, uh, you know, the seminal music venue moved down the street and that's in Belltown now. And they have like a three-story setup. Um, the first floor is the, is, or the main floor on like first Ave is a, uh, the crocodile music venue, you know, they book that kind of act, you know, um, it's pretty big standing room only concrete floor, you know, staged up to your chest up there. And then they have like a little middle floor with this, a little more intimate music venue, more like, uh, the size of a, like a small, a smaller than Numo's. Um, mm. and then down in the basement, uh, in the alley was what used to be the, um, I want to say the big picture. Uh, oh yeah, which, yeah, yes, single screen movie theater, and now that's uh, under uh, Belltown Billiards. It was yes, yeah, El Gaucho. <laughs> now, exactly. Yeah. So the Crocodile is in El Gaucho. The, maybe the Billiards place is what they call Madame Lou's, a smaller venue, and then the uh, um, the former theater is uh, is now basically a full time comedy venue. So and they're Very booking cool. awesome acts. Um, really, really cool stuff going on there. Uh, and I just got uh, last weekend um, was a part of a team putting together a, a, a brand new comedy festival in Seattle. Um, it's called the Upper Left Comedy Festival. And uh, so we just had a May 12th, 13th and 14th, had three nights, three rooms of, uh, of comedy and did a, a little a little festival. Want to bring want to bring that to the city because the only other sort of kind of festival is the comedy competition the Seattle International, which is, you know, what's bringing me out to Bainbridge this weekend. Um, and uh, the Seattle International Comedy Competition brings folks from all over. And it's a great place, a great way for Seattle's comedy scene, you know, to be on the map. Uh, but we wanted to have something that was not a competition for one. And then the, and the Seattle International is also, you know, on the road around Seattle. So having something in the city too for um, a few days was a really good time. Now the Seattle International Comedy festival have you participated in that in the past yeah so and that's um and have you won that competition i have absolutely not won that competition i have i have tanked in that competition twice (laughs) yeah but still still had a great time you know met met a lot of wonderful folks there's a what they do is it's like a four-week affair the first two weeks are two separate groups 16 comics one week 16 other comics the next week and the top five from each of those groups go on to the third week. And then the top five from that go on to the final week. And then, you know, you're the winner out of that gets like a weekend at the comedy underground, uh, formerly. So I don't know what they get now. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, how many minutes will you be on stage? Is it a five this, minute clip or, um, this weekend? Morning? Yeah. I'm betting it's probably more like a 20 to 30 minute set for me. And then, uh, that Kermit Apio, the amazing headliner, will probably do 45 or an hour. And he is out of this world, like just heart, warm your heart, make your cheeks hurt, like uh, just fantastic, really a pro. Um, Where's he from? Uh, he lives up in Edmonds, matter of fact. Oh. Yeah. So he's a Washingtonian as well. Um and, uh, he's, uh, but he tours all over. He does like, he does USO tours. He's he performed for the, performed for the troops and, you know, probably 
more more nations than I could uh, than I will ever go to in my life. I know he's been in the Middle East a lot, and, um, mm-hmm. and then uh, and yeah, he's a, a Seattle International um, winner as well. Uh, and uh, and yeah, he's just uh, he's he's the best. He's he's Hawaiian um, and uh, lives up in yeah lives in Washington now. Got a family. Great guy. Super funny. Um, who other, what other comics do you really enjoy right now? Um, let's see. Um, I've, I just got to work with, um, Jackie Cation, uh, who's uh, got a, a podcast uh, called dark forest. Um, she's a longtime pro stand up as well. Uh, that was amazing to work with her. Love her. Um, who I've been thinking of lately. Uh, love uh, I'm going to probably butcher his name, but Nate Bergazzi, I think is yeah. a, a favorite of mine. I always love his stuff. Um, He's ripped too. Yeah. Ripped like body. Muscular, yeah. Oh, I'm surprised that that's what's going on underneath that. Those, those plaids. Yeah. He's a, uh, what, what a great thing to know. Yeah. Uh, check out him. Check him out on Instagram. Awesome. We'll do. Um, yeah, I've been loving, I love, uh, I, I watched a lot of her stuff online, but I've never seen her live, but, uh, Sashir Zamata, um, and, uh, gosh, who else? Marcella Arguello just came to town. She's really cool. She's, she's from LA. Uh, I do love, I love a lot of my peers here too. Yeah. Bo Johnson, Kristen here, both fantastic. We've got, we've got a really awesome, um, really awesome set of comics uh, in the Northwest. I think that we'll see see big things from them down the line. Are you still in touch with Hans Kim from Jai Tai? No, we are not. <laughs> He's uh, yeah. definitely one of my favorite. I, I don't want to say new comics, but new to me. Sure. Yeah. New, new to, and he's just popping off as it, as it were. So yeah, he's, he's really fine tuned his writing, you know, where it's really pops and s- concise and sinks well. And he's kind of got that Stephen Wright, little pause yeah yeah the 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 good one-liners yeah where he's kind of like my wife wants more light in the house so Mm -hmm. i put a sunroof in boy are my upstairs neighbors mad (laughs) you know that type of just slow delivery Um, so what type of things topic wise are you do you find funny i find a lot of things funny i um i just uh this weekend did like a a 10 minute set that I was like, well, this is bathroom humor, but literally it's just things that I see in the bathroom, you know, it's uh, not, <laughs> not uh, bodily fluids based. Uh, I was like, wow, this is all just like, I think that has something to do with the past two years of like my world getting a little bit smaller with quarantine and whatnot and kind of found a little bit more, uh, you know, spent a little more time thinking about my immediate surroundings instead of the world at large. And, um, yeah, I think just like the way that people are and, uh, awkward interactions with each other, uh, relationships. Um, I think that there's like lots of, there's just lots of relatable silly stuff in, in all that subject matter. Uh, and yeah, I mean, a little bit of politics, uh, current events and, and whatnot, but so by and large, I'm more bummed out by that than finding it funny. So <laughs> not funny anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just not funny anymore. 
Yeah. Well, so I think just people, the weird, the weird things that people do and think about are, is what really I spend a lot of time writing and thinking about. Yeah. Comedy is all around us. We just need to observe yeah. it and tune into it a little bit because yeah, there's opportunity to make fun of everything, right? Yeah, absolutely. Equal opportunity offender, right? <laughs> the Those that are, are good at it. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I think some well, people have that ability to, to, you know, say, you know, say, say things about everyone and, and it's, uh, if it's well-written and funny and apt, then people will like it. But I think a lot of people swing and miss from that stuff. Yeah, for sure. It ain't easy. Yeah. Well, I'm going to look forward to seeing you, Aaron Engel, at the Best of Seattle International Comedy Competition, May 21st. That's this Saturday at the BPA, Bainbridge Performing Arts, at 7.30. Go to their site and get your tickets now. Don't be left out. Um, any final words for the uh, podcastville here on Bainbridge? Uh, excited to see all you Wild Island people. Uh, you know, I'm sure you, I'm happy to bring a little bit of funny out. Uh, and I think it's going to be a great show. Uh, you're going to love Kermit Apio. He's uh, he's going to be your new favorite. And uh, I'm happy to be there with him. Awesome. Well, thanks for taking the time to talk to me. And uh, I'm looking you. forward to seeing you Saturday. All right. Appreciate it. Great to, uh, great to see your face. It'll be wonderful to meet you in person. Yes. You've been listening to the bystander. Be kind.